did you guys did you watch that that video of that Dr. Phil show that I sent you? The episode? The thing that you want to do a cinema on? I mean, we don't have to, but it No, I it was crazy. I didn't watch it yet. I'll watch it, but I didn't do it yet. You don't have to. I mean, I mean if you I, know what to do. No, we can. Is is it recent or is it old? It's last this week was a Dr. Phil. Although I will say that um, maybe the better one would be to do the Brenda and Spencer documentary that's on Amazon Prime. Maybe because we did her already. Like, because it would be a cool yeah. follow up. Yeah, because that one is on Amazon Prime. I mean, so we're, that might be better. We're immediately gonna owe it again, so you we could just do both. Yeah, that's true. It's already gonna but, be August. Yeah, it's it's actually well, it's a di- it's a different thing because it's like she was convicted, but then she got out. Then she didn't get out for the reason that you think she got out, but yet everybody's like pretty much like yeah, she's innocent. And uh, it's, isn't she uh, the, the I hate Mondays in- lady? Brenda, no, I'm sorry. I flipped back to the Dr. Phil thing. Yeah, oh my God. Brenda and Spencer is the I hate Mondays. Because <laughs> they I have, have to be innocent. I have the ADHD thing where I have like four conversations going at one time. Okay, well. The I hate Mondays thing like Garfield? She shot up a school across the street from her and she said it was because I hate Mondays. It was before Garfield, but it was, yeah, it was before Garfield. What year was it? Wasn't it? Yeah, it was like it was in the 70s. 70s. She's called the grandmother of uh, school, school shootings. shootings. Garfield is seventy six. I don't know what to tell you. Listen <laughs> to the episode. <laughs> Listen to the episode that we did over a year ago, and then you'll know exact timelines. <laughs> Speaking of episodes, today, hello everybody, welcome to the Bloody Podcast. I am Maria Felix, along with my host Lori Roggenkamp, and our wonderful, curious. Resident guest, Cash of Demonic. I want to know about dates. I have, I have questions. <laughs> and I need answers. <laughs> Today, we're talking about what Cash just hinted at. The Kennedys. Ooh. Hot topic. Ah. <laughs> what? <laughs> so, I've always been fascinated with the Kennedys because of their enduring legacy despite or maybe because of the amount of tragedy that seems to surround them. Mm. Like most people, I ask myself if it's just a regular family that just so happens to have to live their tragedies out in the public eye or if there's something else to it. Dealings with the devil? Mm -hmm. Mayhaps. Mm -hmm. I'm giving a fairly quick timeline of everyone, both men and women in the family, up until the latest generation. I'm only going to present the facts, and as always, we hope that we make the difference between the actual timeline versus our very superstitious speculation. By ours, I mean mine and cash. I don't know where Lori stands. We, we <laughs> believe that they are cursed. But I personally would not want to be told if you thought my family was cursed and we were doomed for eternity. So, you know, take this how you will. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we did a, uh, we have a Patreon show where we talk about, go- we talk about uh, folklore and we just did a goddess tale where 
the fates would sort of just fuck with people because they knew their fate. And so they would just walk up to people and be like, you're going to die tomorrow. Yes. <laughs> like, and yeah. just like leave. And it was like, what the fuck? So, yeah. So that's it sucks. The Kennedys. That sounds like a Thanksgiving day at the Kennedy house. <laughs> Honestly, it does. <laughs> Pasta turkey. I'm just excited about, cursed. about this. <laughs> I'm just excited about this accent. That's yeah. all I'm excited about. <laughs> For right now. I'm excited to learn more about the Kennedys, but I'm more excited about this accent. As you were. <laughs> so to start, we're going all the way back to the dirty streets of Boston in the 1800s. (laughs) We'll start with JFK's grandfather, P.J. Patrick Joseph Kennedy, Hmm. who was born in 1858. I heard that he was the one who invented pajamas. Mm, Maybe. (laughs) Maybe that's one of the secrets. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, that's why they're cursed. That's the one. They got rid of the nightgown, and then somebody got real mad. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. And also, pajamas just bundle you all up. Do you guys ever have that? I can't wear pajamas to bed. Pajamas are are a a check that that nighttime does not cash. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, I wear pajamas almost all day since the pandemic. Uh, So, I don't really wear them to bed, though. No. I wear one piece of it to bed. Yeah. It's either a top or a bottom, depending on the day. Yes. (laughs) And I go au natural. Au natural. Oh, you sleep naked? Yep. Don't you, Lori? I think you said that before. I sleep naked uh, sometimes, rarely now. I've slowly but surely become somebody who desperately needs to wear something to bed. I just, I feel, it just feels weird. I just, I don't know. Whenever I sleep naked, I have these dreams that I I go to work and I'm not wearing a shirt or a bra or pants or underwear. Because you <laughs> so can feel how naked me, you are? Yeah, it just makes me uncomfortable. So I have an irrational fear that I'll need to run out the door, so I like to have at least one piece of clothing on. But not both because it's uncomfortable. <laughs> and yeah. part of me still wants to sleep. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> Okay, um, so less than a year after PJ was born, his father died from a wave of cholera in their East Boston neighborhood. PJ, his mom, and three sisters, Mary, Joanne, and Margaret, uh, all then moved to a closer part to, of the docks. And PJ started working as a, as a, you know, a guy on the docks. I think it's called like a Steve's Port or something, Steve's Door. Oh, you mean like a longshoreman? I don't think that's not the word. It was something else on uh, the dock, so. Oh, yeah, okay. As the only male in the family, PJ received the only formal education. I don't know anything about PJ's sisters. So he went from a guy who was working on the docks to saloon owner and then eventually to a prominent politician and businessman in East Boston. He preferred to stay behind the scenes of politics as opposed to being a figurehead in the forefront. <clears throat> For over 30 years, he held sway in Ward 2 of East Boston as the ward boss. He married Mary Augusta Hickey, who gave birth to boys Joseph P. Kennedy, Francis Benedict, and girls Mary Loretta and Margaret Louise Kennedy. Francis died at one years old. Oof. 
Mary and Margaret both married and lived till their 60s and lived their entire lives in Boston. I assume with middle class, hus- like a middle class life because of the way that they're, the info that we have on their husbands. They just lived like a comfortable yeah. life. Um, then Joseph P. Kennedy, the eldest, would follow in the footsteps of his father and go into politics. As a teenager, he would grow close to Rose Elizabeth Fitzgerald. Rose was the daughter of one of Boston's most historically popular mayors, John Fitzgerald, also known as Honey Fitz. Honey Fitz married his second cousin, Josie Hannon. Sweet. (laughs) Well, they're definitely Irish. (laughs) (laughs) Together, they had Rose and five other children. In total, three boys and three girls. One of the girls, Yanice, died at 23. You sure it wasn't your nephew? Oh, my God. <laughs> Eunice, Eunice, right? Eunice, Eunice. Eunice, yeah. <laughs> Eunice died at 23. While, the, while one of the young men, Fred Harold Fitzgerald, died at 30. The rest lived to an old age. I don't currently have record on how Eunice and Fred died, but they were the two. Two out of the six children died early. Well, somewhat early. Then, as for Rose, having Honey Fitz as her father, Rose was in the spotlight from a young age, and she seemed to be born for politics. She said once that when she was around five or six, her father took her and her sister Agnes to, ma- to meet U.S. President William McKinley. Boo. McKinley looked at Agnes and said that she was the prettiest girl to ever come in the house. And then Rose thought to her, or Rose said to herself that I knew right then that I would have to work hard to do something about myself. So I guess she was just competitive from, like, super early on. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. But it's also kind of shitty of somebody <laughs> to see two girls and go, you're the prettiest. <laughs> well, it's a like it's an old white president, so I'm going to assume he was like, you're the one I want later. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So who are these two girls? How old are they? You're best in show. Come with me. Yeah. <laughs> you're best in show. <laughs> he's like looks at the other way he's like get get out of here yeah just like kicks her yeah. kicks her in the chest <laughs> yeah I'm William McKinley <laughs> do you know who that is little girl <laughs> I'm America's daddy remember that name because no one else will <laughs> <laughs> by the time she was 15 her dad was her dad was mayor, and later when she graduated, her graduation was front page news with a picture of her dad handing her the diploma in the Boston Globe. So that's cool. Yeah. So Rose and Joseph. So just so we're on the same, we're all on the same page. The Kennedy women, so far in my research, have not been known to do any actual crimes. I think we'll get to that a little in the later generations. But for now, they're just very smart women. 
just so we're all okay. on the same page and you're not expecting any murder. Not yet. All right. Not yet. <laughs> no. As I've said many times, I am constantly surprised when murder comes up on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know why, but I just am. Mm-hmm. So. so Rose Fitzgerald and Joseph Kennedy, better known as Joe, got to know each other one summer when their families vacationed together at Old Orchard Beach in Maine. That's probably a place. Orchard Beach. A destination. Mm-hmm. You formerly Sag Harbor. Yeah? No. <laughs> Sag Harbor is a different place, but it's in Massachusetts. <laughs> they would become official after Rose's society debut and Joe's graduation from Harvard. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> when she graduated, she applied and was accepted to the all-female college, Wesley. But her father enrolled her at Covenant of the Sacred Heart in Boston, which at the time didn't issue any kind of certificate. She followed her father's wishes and stuck to the religious training training school. But when reflecting on her life later, she said that not going to Wesley College was one of the biggest regrets in her life. That's a shame. Yeah. Yeah, that's tough. I mean, you look back on your life and you're like, oof, I really should have done that. Yeah, I think it would have taken her a different way because as we'll come to know, she was really religious. And I was, you know, like she was religious before. They were like Irish Catholics. So she was religious before college. But then if she has to go to a religious training school, like it changed her whole perspective that she would have had if she had gone to an all-female institution. You know? Do you guys know many Irish Catholic uh, families? No. I know, I know some. I know a ton. From well, New yeah, York. from New York. Yeah, just a ton. And it's... I don't, I don't want to broad... You know, I have nothing good to say. What? <laughs> they're not great. No, they're good, they're good people. It's just... It's just such a wild, wild, just like. So, well, what is what is the perspective? You know, like what is, what are they like? Are they always super Catholic? You know, I know it's a lot like, you know, Latino Roman Catholics where like there's a lot of guilt. Yes. As with any Catholic. Yes. A lot of guilt. A lot of guilt is you know just, just infused into the family. There's like, do they mm-hmm. believe in the concept of original sin? Uh, the ones that I know, yes. Oh, very much yes. so. And yeah, they believe. Yeah, there there's a lot of like uh, backlashing from the kids, and then it just it's weird because something happens around like sixteen, seventeen, and then it's just like wham! <laughs> it's just like it's not like they just fall in the line, and it's so interesting to see. It's just like wow, what happened, man? I don't know. I, maybe I think it's similar with the Kennedys too, where I assume it's some kind of rite of passage where they're shown more of the reality. Of what's going on in the world with their family, mm. and, and you know, yeah, like what they well, need, they as a unit need to do to survive. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that. Like the mob. Like know? the mob. <laughs> well, no one asked for it, um, but as the white woman in the group, I feel like I need to give my opinion. Um, well, you're, I, uh, you're probably Irish. <laughs> yeah. Probably. Yeah, you're Irish. I mean, I want to. I want to talk about it. So, 
that probably makes me a little Irish. <laughs> um, I think religion is a cult. So I think when uh, when you get religion, what do cults like to do? They like to uh, separate you from your base instincts. Mm-hmm. And so when, especially in uh, Irish heritage, you know, it's the the guilt is sort of embedded into the the religion and into the customs. Yeah, totally. So, you know, you go out, you have fun, you party, you you fool around, and then you wake up the next day and you just, you know, go, oh, God, what have I done? <laughs> and, you know, you basically, like, everything bad that happens, that's because you, you know, did you touched yourself or you did this or you did that or, you know. Oh, so, I killed a woman. Forgive, oh, I better go to church. Oh, forgive me, Father. For I've sinned. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And then the flip side, everything everything good that happens to you is because of God. And, Praise you know, the Lord. You do, so, you do something bad, you just have to confess, and then you're absolved of all your sins, and you don't have to worry about it anymore. And so, yeah, I think in general, Catholicism is just a terrible, terrible religion. Oh, my God. And, they put cheese on my sandwich. Must have been because I confessed. <laughs> yeah, these fries so are super sized. Catholics are just <laughs> besieged with guilt constantly, so it just causes them to like fracture their brain. They live two ha- two two different lives. There's the Catholic side and there's the n- regular person side. Hachi so, machi. Yeah. Well, if you're an Irish Catholic and you want to give us your opinion or, or and or life story. Please contact us at thebloodypodcast at gmail.com. Yes. <laughs> and also just know that this is a Lori Roggen camp opinion. This is not a bloody podcast opinion. I'm pretty <laughs> sure. And I'm not, I don't know if I'm going on a limb, but I'm pretty sure you two believe in, in some God or some form of religion. I, I do not. Not I think if that's so. a bigger yeah. topic yeah. than we have time for. Yeah. Um, but just FYI. So if you're mad at what anything I've said, that's me. That's Lori not Lori hates Cash. God. <laughs> I do not hate God. <laughs> just drop us an email. We'll leave the light on for you. <laughs> so Rose and Joe made in 1914 after a seven-year courtship, which was uh, partially due to the fact that Honey Fitz didn't really like Joe, didn't approve of Joe, because technically Joe's dad was his political rival. Oh. oh. So it was one but of these. seven years, that's a long time. Well, they met in, co- they met in high school, in the summer oh. in high school. So they had to, you know, like they were like, you know, how kids do for a while, you know. But Irish Catholic? I mean, usually that's like, we met in high school and then I was yeah. pregnant by summer. Yeah, but these they like both they're both from political families, so I'm sure that was like a big Yeah. Stink, oh yeah. You know. Uh, it's just a lot of heavy petting. Yeah, a lot of heavy petting. <laughs> Let's neck. <Yeah>. Let's <laughs> neck. Your zippers are getting busted out. I'm not fixing your goddamn zippers anymore. <laughs> That's my accent. That's what I'm bringing to the table. <laughs> That's the mother of one of them. I love it. Rose and Joe had nine children together. Oof. Joe Jr., then future president John F. Kennedy, also known as Jack, Rosemary, they also had Kathleen, Eunice, Patricia, Robert, Jean, and Edward Kennedy. Rose 
was considered an exemplary mother by all accounts. She was incredibly meticulous about the children and kept hundreds of index cards and an extensive filing system about the children's weights, eating habits, physical attributes, dental treatments, like anything, anything you could think of that would happen to a person. She had it noted on an index card. I bet every mother... single I bet every single file said has big teeth. <laughs> <laughs> teeth Ch- are big. Chompers. Seri- yeah. Parentheses. Seriously, dude. Like chompers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Suspiciously small lips. Yeah. Just the last one is like, I don't know how many ways I can say big teeth. <laughs> <laughs> My mom does the same exact thing. No, she doesn't. Yeah. Did I she think I told it? you guys. I think have I told you guys about the file that she keeps on everything bad that I've done to her? Yeah, we know about yeah, the guilt about file. The, yeah. the copies yeah. the copies of the guilt file. But did she do this for your Yeah. No. Yeah. So I will she... say that there is a, a reason for it. Um, my brother has cystic fibrosis. So when we were kids, he, you know, he had a lot of medical issues. And so he was, she was doing one for him. So she was like, I'll just include Lori. So she just has all my, like, anytime I, ha- I need anything, she has it. She has my dental record. She has my, she has but she didn't stuff. have record, just the records. She had oh. her own notes on index cards. I don't know if she's gotten that crazy. I don't think I can she, ask her. I don't think your mom's done that. She hasn't like cat, like cataloged your BMs or anything like that. <laughs> She did my brother. She well, she had to, yeah. but she did. She did my brother. But I've, I've done that my was own. a medical reason. Well, that's interesting because, as for Rose, when she was asked about it for interviews and stuff, she said that it wasn't for efficiency, but something that she called "quote Kennedy desperation." <laughs> I don't know what that means. I honestly. Honestly, my first, like, fucking stirring the shit pot is that she, this is her hinting at some kind of fucking curse. She's like, oh. I don't know. what the, I, look, I tried to look up, what is Kennedy desperation? What could that mean? And I, I didn't find anything else on it. Like, it's Do not you, like it's a thing that her family uses. It feels, like, super obnoxious to say that, like... If you, if like when we first started dating, you came over, you met my dad, and you're like, what's his problem? And I'm like, oh, it's just fucking abdomalic anxiety. I don't think it's pretentious, but maybe that's because whenever my mom sees a drunk on the street, she points to him and she says, that's an Oviedo over there. <laughs> yeah, that'll do it. <laughs> that, that'll quell that thought. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Oh my god, that's so funny. Oh, oh I'm sad, but it's so funny. Oh. Ah, uh, yes, we have a history. Uh. So, so do you think that that means that like she's keeping meticulous notes because she wants to like find out the the turn or like what what goes wrong? Like, do you think she's like, oh, if I keep meticulous notes, I'll know that, oh, what, 23, so-and-so did this, and that's what went wrong or Probably. something. Probably. I mean, maybe. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Oh, that is some... <laughs> that is some mother-like... 
fucked up shit. It could just be that, you know, she, to be fair, just to show the, like, the other side of the coin, it could just be that she was, you know, very, like, administrative and politically minded, and so was her husband, and they knew that they wanted their kids to be, like, politicians and successful, so maybe it had something to do with that, with, you know, but. Oh, yeah, that makes more sense. Okay. You know, I'm going to go Never with, mind. I'm going to go with, she knew about the curse and she was trying to figure out a way to break it. So <laughs> hmm, that makes more sense to me. Yeah. 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 Her husband, as I, as I was saying, her husband, Joe was an ambitious businessman and politician like his father before him. 10 years into their marriage, they moved from Boston to Riverdale, New York. And by then at age 30, he was a millionaire. Joe also became an investor and powerful producer in Hollywood in the 1920s. Their entire marriage was marred by Joe's many affairs. Whoops. Including Mm. with Hollywood star Gloria Swanson. Gloria Swanson? (laughs) Wow. Even funded two of her movies. (gasps) What? This is funny because it's reminiscent of JFK later on, mm-hmm. who has an affair with Marilyn Monroe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Star of the Seven Year Itch. Mm. <laughs> and some like it hot. So. <laughs> Just, you know. Mm-hmm. He also made a fi- about five more million, I mean, estimated after Prohibition ended. And then he eventually went on to serve under President Roosevelt. And become the U.S. ambassador to Britain right before World War II. After their fourth child, Rose tried to move back in with her father and mother and get a divorce from Joe. Because she was tired of his behavior and all of his cheating. But Honey Fitz told her that she was a Catholic woman and wife. And she had to make it work no matter what. I told you not to marry him. <laughs> He's Southern now. <laughs> no daughter of mine is going to marry a goddamn Catholic. <laughs> he only gets Southern when he's really, really angry. Yeah, yeah when he's really pissed, that's it. <laughs> it does sound like uh, a Southern thing, but I think that's just because of Barton Fink. <laughs> yeah. Honey? <laughs> honey? Where's my honey? <laughs> so he told her that with all the money she had now, she could just like pay whoever she needed, hire whoever she needed, but she could not get a divorce. So she didn't. She went back to Joe and, you know, they they had already been um, like nannies and, and babysitters and other sta- maids and sta- all this stuff. And they also like, they also had these lifelong secretaries that were actually a couple themselves. They were, what was their names? It was like Ronald and... Um, I forget I forget the 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 lady's name, but their secretaries like that ran like I guess their lives, you know, hmm. also raised the children. They were like surrogate parents to the children because what would happen is that after a while she was just so sick of his cheating and she couldn't like leave him, so she would just leave whenever he was around. It seems like, like she raised the she helped raise the kids like and she did. You know, she was always around for the kids when they were younger. But as they got a little older 
And, you know, her husband would, like, come back from L.A. She would leave. She would, like, go out west. She would, like, come to L.A. when he was in L.A. Wow. And she went to Paris a lot. And there was a time in the mid-1930s where she went to Paris 17 times. Maybe she had a bull out there. She probably did. I mean, yeah. Why shouldn't she, you know? Absolutely. I knew an Irish Catholic family that... um... They live in uh, uh, Louisiana, outside New Orleans, and the, they're very rich. And the father, I'm friends with the the daughter, and the father uh, built this big, very big house. And he said the reason I built the house was that I'll stay on one side, of the, I'll stay on one side <laughs> of the house, and that bitch stays on the other side. Oh of the my house. god! <laughs> <laughs> Whatever you gotta so, do, I guess. Yeah. It's like an old sitcom. We got a big piece of chalk and just ran it all up and down side the house. The fridge is on my side, but she's got the bed. (laughs) (laughs) Records also showed that Rose depended heavily on tranquilizers and had a number of other prescriptions for stomach issues. Sick. Despite this, she remained a strict Catholic all her life and rarely missed Sunday Mass. She often held family tea time with other political families running against and with her husband and later on with her son and went around doing many public talks with potential voters of both the upper class Irish Catholics known as members of the Lace Curtain and the Shanty Irish, the poorer members of the Irish Catholic community. She was also given the rare title of Papal, Ca- Papal Countess by Pope Pius XII in 1951 in recognition of her charitable works and motherhood. So I think she got that really because they were like, oh, she's like, I think it was another political move. Absolutely. By the Catholic Church, you know. Absolutely. Like, she's like, she's not like, it's not like, you know, she's not a good mom, but it, she got this like title for mm-hmm. being a good mom okay yeah that was definitely a political move they're yeah. just like let's uh let's play the game i mean let's play the game <laughs> <laughs> after living in boston and then new york they returned and lived in cape cod in a 50 room mansion that would become the political home base for the kennedy family i told you cape cod great place to get some lobster (laughs) rose and joe would outlive four of their children god damn wow so we'll go into a little background about each of the kids we'll start with rosemary kennedy who uh, has a book written about her called the uh the hidden sister and this is, we'll find out why. I only know one thing about her. So I hope it's the right one. And I hope it's actually true. But I mean, I'm not, I don't hope. Because it's not great. But It's not great. It's not good. Yeah. Is it that she was named after a spice? She was actually named after her That's mom. Rose, Who was named Rose after Mary. a spice. But her mom Well, her was... mom was named Rose. Her mom was named after a flower. But she was really spicy. I, I don't know anything about Rose. No, I'm what? kidding. I, I said, but she was really spicy. So... Uh. 
I think I'm right. <laughs> I think, you know what? I think that deserves the bloody podcast first. We're giving those out now? No, we're yeah. not doing those. Yes. <laughs> okay, I think it's a one and done. I don't think we're going to do any more. <laughs> Rosemary Kennedy, the eldest of the sisters, had a difficult birth. <clears throat> the nurse ordered Rose to keep her legs closed because the doctor wasn't available. Uh-oh. Oof. And Rosemary remained in the birth canal without proper oxygen for two hours. Oh, no. Mm-hmm. Wow. She subsequently wow. had developmental disabilities since birth. Ugh. Rose, her mom, hid this as much as possible. First, they sent Rosie to a Pennsylvania boarding school. Then they had her with private tutors at the Sacred Heart Covenant in Rhode Island, where the Kennedy family donated a tennis court to thank them for their efforts. Rosie then traveled with her family to London when he became when the dad became ambassador of Britain. They all moved to London for a time, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so and she went with them, and she even had a societal debut there. She had probably the equivalent of um, maybe a fifth grader's uh, intellectuality by the time she was 20, like 23. That is so fucking upsetting. Yeah. So she, like, but she still was interviewed by, like, the press and everything, and she would tell them that she had aspirations to be a teacher and that she liked being on stage. She also memorized quotes for the media. And she had been interviewed by Women's Day, by Parade, and by the Boston Globe. After her debut at Buckingham Palace, they had to return to the U.S. because World War II was underway and, you know, they should get out. Um, She began suffering violent mood swings and seizures. Mm. The violent rages would get her kicked out of schools, and she was sent to another covenant. But there, she was known to sneak out at night to go party. Her parents and the nuns worried that her erratic behavior would shame the family and ruin the family's political careers. So then at 23, in 1941, her father approved a lobotomy. Yep, that's what I heard. Which ended, that's what, that's your spoil? Damn. Yeah. It's very upsetting. Jesus Christ. <sighs> oh, can you say it again? I'm oh, sorry. I said that's very upsetting. Jesus Christ. Which ended up leaving Rosemary unable to speak and permanently incapacitated. My God. And the crazy thing, do you, I don't know, do you have this in there about what the, how the father went about it? Or yeah, I was yeah, USA. Okay, no, you can say it. You probably have a better well, a better. Well, just say it. And he basically uh, did it without telling anybody. He didn't tell the mom. Yeah, he didn't yeah. tell the mom. He didn't tell the mom. No. Because There's... so at the time he was like he basically sort of had wanted nothing to do with her for yeah. her entire life because of the way because he you know he, he was, was super ashamed. into like. He didn't want that her to mar the family name. They both were. They both were yeah. super ashamed of her for like everything she did. Wow. 
So uh, the father was like, I forgot the way that I remember hearing about it was like, he basically was like upset about his daughter. And then like some doctor was like, no, you could just give your daughter a lobotomy. Yeah. And that would solve a lot of problems. Yeah. The, and he was like, great, I, let's do it. I think the lobotomy was new at the time because, and here's a quote. This is from the biography Sins of the Father, which is about her dad, about Joe. Mm -hmm. uh, and the doctors themselves that described like this super, even for a lobotomy, super rudimentary procedure. After Rosemary was mildly sedated, we went through the top of the head. I think she was awake. She had a mild tranquilizer. <laughs> I made a surgical incision in the brain through the skull. It was near the front. It was on both sides. Seems like he doesn't know where it was. Uh, yeah, right? <laughs> it was on the front. Near the front and the back. on both sides. And the sides. It was somewhere, uh, it was somewhere in the genital area. Yeah. We just made a small incision, no more than an inch. The instrument Dr. Watts used looked like a butter knife, supposedly. He swung it up and down and cut brain tissue. We put an instrument inside. <laughs> then as Dr. Watts cut, Dr. Freeman asked Rosemary some questions. For example, he asked her to uh, recite the Lord's Prayer or sing a God Bless America or count backwards. We made an estimate on how far to cut based on how she responded. Oh, my God. When Rosemary began to become incoherent, they stopped. Oh, my God. That is a fucking horror movie. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's insane. It's terrifying. I mean, that's all lobotomies. Like, the lobotomy is such a terrible, torturous thing. I started that... watching a long time. I never finished it. We should watch it. Um, that show, The Nick. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's about doctors in New York in the early 1900s. Yeah. And it is fucking nuts. Because they're doing, they're like explore, exploring the brain and all that stuff. And they're doing exactly this. Like I oh. saw a scene where this happened and I was like, what? It's terrible. Holy shit. So that yeah. same doctor, Dr. Watts, later said he believed Rosemary suffered from a form of depression prior to the lobotomy. Ugh. By the way, all, like every patient that these two doctors performed on ended up you know, mentally incapacitated. So. Ugh. His well, eight... with but with doctor knowledge, like somewhere in the middle. I mean, how <laughs> how did that happen? <laughs> no, I think he said that after all the lobotomies had happened. Like he said it to the author of Sins of the Father. Yeah. Oh, oh okay. Like po okay. you know, in retrospect, that's an old man confession. I really made a mistake. You're like, no shit, <laughs> you fucking bastard. <laughs> I thought all women were broken. <laughs> Joe's aide also mentions in that same book that Joe preferred to refer to Rosemary as mentally retarded instead of mentally ill in order to save face. So even though he's the one that incapacitated her, basically, he just he found it easier to refer to her as mentally retarded to the rest of the family. Mm -hmm. as opposed to as opposed to admitting that there would have been mental illness in the first place that poor girl yeah it gets yeah. worse after the failed lobotomy 
Rosemary was institutionalized and separated from her family. Mm. She was moved to St. Coletta School for Exceptional Children in Wisconsin, which was uh, an institution that housed like over 300 people with developmental disabilities. It's like uh, the, uh, those members of the royal family. Uh-huh, uh-huh. It's just like that. Mm. Her father had built a college for her. And she had her own car, like that, and a driver, and she had a dog, and she had all the care that money could pay for. But her mother did not visit her for 20 years. Oh, my God. And her father never visited her again. Her lobotomy and her whereabouts were hidden from her siblings for 20 years. It wasn't until... Her dad suffered a stroke in 1961, which left him unable to talk, that they finally, I'm assuming the mom, or maybe other members of the family, finally revealed to the siblings what happened to their sister. So when JFK ran for the Senate in 1952, they were still saying that she was just a recluse who didn't want to talk to anybody. Mm-hmm. And then when he ran, ran and won the presidency... They, the family finally had to admit that she was institutionalized, but they said it was because she was mentally retarded once again, and they didn't admit anything about her lobotomy until it became public knowledge in 1987. She's a recluse. Are you <laughs> she sure? She doesn't want to talk to you. She is a mental retard. Are you sure? <laughs> yes. Although, I, will, I would say, just to clarify... She it she does have a she is a person with a mental uh with an intellectual disability. She does have because, an, yeah, cause yeah. She, so I mean that is the term now that they use. I still I don't still don't like it because I feel like it's it still seems a little wait what what wait, what what's, well what's I don't term? mean I don't mean to use the word mentally retarded as in I use that all the time. I'm saying that's what they called her. No 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 I'm sorry I didn't mean to make it seem like that you yeah no that they call her that as a pejorative and they're being very uh very nasty but she does does have an intellectual disability but they're they are saying it in a way that makes it seem like it's sort of her fault because she right. was born because of the oxygen depletion yeah. she was she did have an intellectual disability she did so yeah but she ended up worse off because, because she, of the lobotomy. Yeah, yeah, because she was still functional in society. You know, up to, you know, she needed help, but she up until her debut, like she was still functioning in society. She was, you know, she could walk and talk and and do everything and socialize with people. Yeah. So, so it could even be just a mental disorder then. It could just be yeah. like a emotional distress or something. If they had gotten her, you know, medicine which maybe at the time didn't exist for her especially for the seizures she could have probably been fine i wonder what the reason was why they didn't ultimately i mean the doctor wasn't available i get that but it's so fucked up it's just bad practice just bad medicine so hard bad so oh the the history of how people treat the mentally uh the the disabled physically disabled mentally disabled the it's just atrocious yeah it just you know and i mean there there are there are uh essays that doctors write where they they you know back in the you know 1900s so on that they believe that uh people who can't or are born without the ability to walk that they're just lazy that 
all they need to do is just believe in themselves and just learn how, and the parents just didn't teach them how to walk. So, so, yeah, it's just, it's, it's ridiculous. It's, you know, it's all, and then don't, you know, especially when somebody is born and they, they don't have a physical ailment, but they have a mental one. Nobody believed them. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And that was a big problem and probably remains a big problem in the Mm -hmm. Kennedy family. Um, Especially. So, but it's the only dark thing the Kennedys have done. Thank you guys so much for listening to the bloody podcast. Well, we're not Uh, done yet. We're almost there. Oh, okay. Ah, damn it. Then, uh, in May of 1944, one of their daughters, one of their other daughters, Kathleen, married Lord Hartington. So, okay. A little background on Kathleen. Kathleen had been named the debutante of the year in 1938 and had become a very popular uh, being, like a very popular figure during her family's time in London. She had even briefly dated one of the Rockefellers. When her family left Britain to avoid being caught up in the war, she even tried to convince them to stay because she loved it there so much. But obviously... The other half went out, and they all returned to America. After this, Kathleen joined the Red Cross as a way to get back to England and distance herself from both the rigidity of her family and the church. This is when she began her relationship with William Cavendish, Marquess of Hartington, (laughs) a.k.a. Billy Hartington. My friends called me Billy. (laughs) Her parents, especially her mom, disapproved of the marriage because it meant that their potential children would have to join the Church of England, not the Roman Catholic Church, because that's what Lord Hartington was a part of. Mm -hmm. Rose even tried to postpone the wedding, but instead, Kathleen and Billy married in a civil ceremony in London in 44. Only the oldest brother, Joe Jr., attended. I don't know why the women didn't attend. Probably they listened to their mom. And then the other, the other brothers were uh, in training or combat for the war. Only just months after their marriage, in September of the same year, Lord Hartington died in combat while in Belgium. Ow. What's even sadder is that shortly before that, in August, Joe Jr., the eldest of the Kennedys, was killed in action during a world uh, during a top secret mission uh, when his plane exploded over the English Channel. Hmm. Wow. His parents had primed him for politics. And planned for him to become the first Catholic U.S. president. They now turned their attention to the second oldest male, John F. Kennedy. What happened? (laughs) As for Kathleen, she would die only four years later, in 1948, in a plane crash while on vacation to the south of France. And we'll pick up next time with Eunice Kennedy, who became Eunice Kennedy Shriver, founder of the Special Olympics. Yeah. Cool. And the introduction of the Bouviers. 
That's the March Simpsons uh, original last. Yes. Yeah. I, I'm Founders excited. Special Olympics and an ex- really against abortion. So mm. that's interesting. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. That'd be interesting. I'm excited about Eunice Kennedy because when Kennedy begat Shriver, Shriver begat Schwarzenegger. Yes. And that's a fun voice to do for everybody. Maria! Maria! Get, in, get the hell in here! We're doing the bloody podcast! I didn't sleep with the maid, Maria, please! I, okay, I, I did. Mistakes were made. Okay? I walked in the door. And there she was. She come on to me! Laurie, I don't hear you getting involved. What the hell? Come on! Hey, I will be back. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That's that good. something. That's good. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, guys. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> thank you, guys, for listening. Uh, we'll be back next week with uh, the Kennedys, part two. See you there.